I was six years old uh, when we came back from uh, Indonesia to the United States. We were uh, serving as missionaries, or I guess I should say my parents were. Uh, my dad started seminary in Atlanta, and he bought this brand new 1972 pale yellow um, Toyota uh, station wagon, and it was a Corolla. And I loved that car. We went everywhere in this car. And, uh, you know, if you know Termins, like, we drive cars into the ground. We're not afraid to drive. Like, we'll do stuff, um, you know, like drive five hours in the morning to get to a family reunion for lunch or just simply to have lunch with Uncle Joe. And then we'll turn around and drive five hours back home, probably because Dad had to preach or Mom had to go to work. Um, but we put some serious miles on this car. I think it was upwards to 300,000 miles. This was back in the day too, you know? So my dad would, would put the, the seat down and make a bed there and me and my two brothers would, would have our space. And of course, none of us could cross the line, but we'd have the pillow, our toys. Um, I mean, we went everywhere. That car was amazing. And my dad really took good care of this car too. Like he would, he, do himself like all of the routine maintenance things like changing the oil and checking the fluids and changing the spark plugs and the belts and you know the, the brake pads and stuff but my dad would also he'd get into the serious stuff too like uh, he and his good friend Virgil they would take that engine completely apart sometimes I remember once my mom asked me to take out the trash and so I, I walk through the garage and there are car parts everywhere and there's Dad and Virgil underneath the hood doing their thing. Um, well, uh, in time, this, this hole appeared in the passenger side floorboard of this car. Um, that's the kind of thing that happens, you know, when you drive salty roads and when you go to the beach every year. Well, Virgil knew how to fix stuff like that. Uh, Virgil was also one of Cherokee's master wood, wood carvers. And so my dad traded this car to Virgil for, for this wood carving, um, it was a gopher. Uh, this, this gopher sits on, uh, on the, the cabinet. Every time I go to Dad's for lunch, um, I, I see this, this gopher that Virgil carved, and it reminds me of that Toyota Corolla station wagon. Well, Virgil fixed up this car, sold it for $500, and we saw that thing driving around Cherokee, it seemed like, for years. It matters what's under the hood. You know, and it's, it's that way with us, too. There's this guy by the name of uh, Dallas Willard. And he wrote, he said, um, It's terribly important to understand the parts of the inner life. Each one must be healthy and working as God intended it to work. If your, if your soul is healthy, no external circumstance can destroy your life. If your soul is unhealthy... No external circumstance can redeem your life. One of my mentors, um, Peter Lord, he wrote a book called Soul Care. And in this book, he, he talks about, um, you know, what is a soul? And, um, but, but he says, you know, it, it's important for us uh, to know that um, it's not that we have a soul, but that we are a soul. And, and until you kind of understand that um, we are a soul with a body rather than a body with a soul, 
then we're never going to put the uh, emphasis on the right place. And we might end up in a place like this. You know, this is, uh, this is Henson's place. Um, waste disposal and uh, metal recycling. It's a salvage yard. Uh, it's a junkyard. And Roger Henson, the owner, like he's awesome. He'll tell you all these stories, crazy stories of the stuff that happens here. You know, like if they've got a car that, I mean, you know, it's pretty much done for, but it'll still run a little bit, you know, kind of demolition derby kind of stories. And they've got this machine, like it's this, like this crane looking kind of machine. And it's, it's that one that, you know, it's the long arm. It's got this big giant claw and it'll smash cars and it'll grip the car and lift it. And uh, so I, I said, how much could I pay you to let me operate that thing? And he just kind of laughed. So um, I guess that was his answer. But, you know, um, the vehicles in this place, they no longer work like the manufacturer intended them uh, to work. Our verse today from Proverbs 4.23, it's kind of a warning, I think. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the wellsprings of life. The reality is, is that you and I can do damage to our souls. So, like, one of the reasons that, that cars end up here is because of neglect. A friend of mine, um, her, her car just went kaput, totally seized up. She had never changed the oil. Uh, she was always too busy to change the oil, or maybe she didn't even know that she was supposed to. Now, that is not good. I mean, you all know that the oil is the lifeblood of your vehicle. I mean, it flows through uh, all of the moving parts, and those moving parts need, need lubrication, those uh, uh, meticulously crafted uh, uh, parts. Um, the, the oil, um, it also cleans your engine and so that it's going through everything. It, it's picking up, you know, all the dirt and, and, all, and all the junk. Well, if you go too long without changing your oil, then that oil is going to become sludge. It's no longer going to take the heat off of the engine. You got metal parts on, on metal parts um, and all kinds of bad stuff can happen. You can blow a gasket or it can seize up. And... If that kind of thing happens, uh, if, if, you're, if your engine seizes up, well, like it's done. Uh, there's, there's no fix for that. And your car is hanging out with Roger in this place. Another reason that cars are here is, is abuse. And that can be all kinds of things. Sometimes we don't even realize we're abusing our cars. You know, like accelerating really fast or uh, braking really hard because you're accelerating really fast. You know, you see that, that person on the, on the highway. They're just going in and out. And, um, you know, over time, uh, that wears stuff down. Um, or, or, or your tires. You know, you let your, t your tires, uh, you ne neglect them. Maybe you don't even notice them. Maybe you don't even know to, to look at them. I mean... At my house, the, the traffic light at my house, like it seems like 24 hours a day, there's somebody squealing out when the light turns green, um, burning rubber onto the road. Um, we used to go blueberry picking every uh, Labor Day weekend, and uh, we'd, we'd go up to Graveyard Fields, and we'd park right there where the restroom is, and then we'd hike. You know, it'd be like a two or three mile hike. We called it Blueberry Hill, because that was the place where we would, we would pick, pick blueberries all day. Um, well, some of, our friends would drive in there with their big trucks. And, and one year I thought, you know, 
I'm going to drive my truck in there. And Chan was like, Chan's the, the wiser one in our family. And she's like, honey, uh, that's a really bad idea. And I was like, no, 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 we can do this. And um, it was a bad idea. Uh, scraped the truck up with, you know, the, the briars and the limbs. And then there were all these big rocks I had to maneuver around. One time scraped the bottom of the truck. I knew that it was going to puncture the gas tank and we were going to blow up. Um, that didn't happen. But, you know, um, sin is like that. Um, th there are some things that you should never do. And there are some places you should never go. And that does damage to our souls. Uh, Peter writes about that in, um, in his letter. Um, where is that? 1 Peter 2.11. He says, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and exiles to abstain from the desires of the flesh that wage war against the soul. I mean, there are some things that we do that are really bad, and it puts us in a bad place. Uh, Jesus uh, says something, and um, Matthew records it. Uh, he says, What will it profit them if they gain the whole world, but forfeit their life? That word life, the Greek word is psyche. Uh, it's also translated soul. So, um, what will it profit them if they gain the whole world, but forfeit their soul? And sometimes we can chase after things that are good things. They're not sinful things. Um, they're just not the things we're supposed to be chasing after so that we can have all that the world offers and find ourselves in a not-so-good place. And so what do we do about that? What happens when we're in a place like this? Our souls are needy. Like our souls need to be with God. We need blessing. We need forgiveness. We need inspiration. Our souls need purpose. Like something to really live for. To go after something that really matters. And the flip side of that is, is our, our souls need rest. Our souls also need friendship. Stuff like that. You know, if we don't uh, take care of ourselves, if we don't meet our soul needs, you know, then we're going to end up uh, broken and in a, and in a bad place. Um, we're going to be uh, we're going to be sin sick, or we're going to be tired souls, uh, definitely disappointed, and we'll know that God is disappointed. You know, kind of like we rolled off the assembly line and drove right into a mess. But this is the thing. There's hope. Like, the, the, the vehicles in this place, like, they may seem worthless, but they're not. There's still value in them. Roger was telling me, like, uh, just like any junkyard, I suppose, like, there are parts on these vehicles that, that are still good, and he can sell them uh, and make a living. And, um, you know, the stuff that can be recycled or, or, or repurposed. Like, take this truck. This belongs to Roger's son, Blake, and he's going he's gonna, to um, restore this thing, and he's really pumped about it. Um, he said he might um, 
raise it up a little bit or, or drop it low and, and do some really cool things. Just kind of make it a, a completely new vehicle. Well, you know, um, we've got that kind of hope. It doesn't matter where we've ended up. There's still hope for us. You know why? Because we are still valuable to God. God's love for us runs deep and God is in the restoration business. God is into making all things new. So this sermon series that we start today, it, it's called Soul Care. It matters what's under the hood. And so we're going to be invited to think about prayer, uh, to think about spiritual friendship, uh, to think about uh, uh, the Bible, how we read it and how we hold it. Uh, Becky's going to talk about corporate worship. Uh, uh, it's an amazing journey that we're on. And these are the kinds of things that'll keep us going. John Ortberg, in his book, Soul Keeping, tells the story of a town high in the Alps that straddled the banks of a beautiful stream. The stream was fed by springs that were as old as the earth and deep as the sea. The water was clear like crystal Children laughed and played beside it. Swans and geese swam on it. You could see the rocks and the sand and the rainbow trout that swarmed at the bottom of the stream. High in the hills, far beyond anyone's sight, lived an old man who served as the keeper of the springs. He had been hired so long ago that now no one could remember a time when he wasn't there. He would travel from one spring to another in the hills, removing branches or fallen leaves or debris that might pollute the water. But his work was unseen. One year, the town council decided they had better things to do with their money. No one supervised the old man anyway. They had roads to repair and taxes to collect and services to offer and giving money to an unseen stream cleaner had become a luxury they could no longer afford. So the old man left his post. High in the mountains, the springs went untended. Twigs and branches, and worse, muddied the liquid flow. Mud and silt compacted the creek bed. Farm wastes turned parts of the stream into stagnant bogs. For a time, no one in the village noticed but after a while, the water was not the same. It began to look brackish. The swans flew away to live elsewhere. The water no longer had a crisp scent that drew children to play by it. Some people in the town began to grow ill. All noticed the loss of sparkling beauty that used to flow between the banks of the streams that fed the town. The life of the village depended on the stream and the life of the stream depended on the keeper. The city council reconvened, the money was found, the old man was rehired. After yet another time, the springs were cleaned. The stream was pure. Children played again on its banks. Illness was replaced by health. The swans came home and the village came back to life. The life of the village depended on the health of the stream. The stream is your soul, and you are the keeper. Proverbs 4.23
says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Amen.